Welcome to Books on Air, the podcast that tells the story behind the book. It includes insights from authors about how they compose their work, what inspires them, and what they hope you'll take away from their book. Here's your host for this episode of Books on Air, Suzanne Harris. Welcome to Books on Air. I'm Suzanne Harris. Books on Air is a series where we explore the passion of the author. We talk about why they wrote the book, what their writing process is like, and we ask what they want their reader to take away from the book. You really get a glimpse behind the curtain, if you will. Joining me today is wonderful children's book writer, Joanne Sled, and she's here to talk about her latest children's book called The Secret Life of Bears. Joanne, welcome to Books on Air. It's such a pleasure to have you. Thank you, Suzanne. It's great to be here. And I know that I told you off air, and I probably should never admit this to to somebody, but children's book authors are just some of my most favorite authors to talk to. They're so creative. They have to come up with an idea that will appeal to children, and then they have to put it in a way that children will respond to it. And the thing about children's book authors is that you are creating such special memories because children always share their stories with a parent, a grandparent, an older sibling. Maybe they read it themselves, but you always have memories from those children's books. So thank you so much for writing this. Oh, it was a pleasure. Tell me a little bit about this. Now, this is not the standard Grimm's fairy tale kind of children's book. Tell me how this is different. Um, This is actually my life uh, written for children. Wow. I have lived this book. Uh, I, uh, bears have always been my favorite sort of stuffed animal since I was a little kid. And so when I got to know Jesus, I became his bear and he was my papa bear. And I just have this special love for him that, that a lot of people don't experience in the same way, which, which is fine because everybody has their own experience and it's perfect. But um, it's one day I just sat down and wrote this book just because it was like, God just gave it to me and it didn't need editing. It didn't need rewriting. It was perfect the way it was. And that, as you know, as a writer, that never happens. No. So, so, and uh, I wrote it in 2019 and I put it in a drawer and I thought, well, that's never going to be published. I know that feeling. Because, <laughs> you know, everybody and their brother, especially famous people, are writing children's books. And it's really difficult for someone who's not famous when you need an agent or you need to have published in the genre or you need an agent. Yeah. And it's really difficult to do either one without having published in the genre before. So... I decided to self-publish. It was nothing I would have done on my own. It was just one of those things that 
God just nudged me in the spirit and said, yeah, I want you to do this. So I did. Tell me about the illustrations. Now, that's a story unto itself. You you could see the book. I mean, people who have never written, especially fiction, don't understand how the writer sees the book in their head. But you do. It, it, it's just there. I've been, I've written the 350 page novel that will never see the light of day. That's how come I know exactly what you're talking about when you say you put it away and thought it'll never be published. But as a, the creative spirit that comes with writing, you see what your characters look like. So how did you get those characters from your head into the book? Well, um, I actually thought through exactly the illustrations I wanted and tried to put in words what I wanted the illustrator to do. And um, I've been working with this lovely guy from Morocco, uh, Mohamed Damouche, and uh, he and I just had this great working relationship. We had a few hiccups in the beginning because he can't automatically read my words and know what I think. Right. But once we got the first few things over those hurdles, we worked just seamlessly together and it was just wonderful to work with him. And the, as you say, the pictures show the words and they really do because that's how I saw it in my head. Let's give our our audience a little overview of The Secret Life of Bears. Um, The Secret Life of Bears is um, there's Baby Bear and Papa Bear. And those are the only two characters in the book, except for a few insects and animals. (laughs) And Papa Bear just does everything Baby Bear needs. Uh, and he's always there for baby bear. He, he makes cookies for baby bear. Uh, they go on adventures together in the jungle. They, uh, Papa bear puts snow on the earth and, and baby bears making snow angels below. And it's just, uh, I don't know how to put it, but it's, it's a linear approach to, that relationship between baby bear and papa bear. Um, And again, the illustrator was amazing. I asked him if he could make a warm look cute. And he did. (laughs) I love it. I love it. And that's really important in a children's book. (laughs) Yeah. Because, you know, the children, here's what I see in my head. I mean, whenever I I interview a a children's book author, I always see the child sitting down with someone and they're either looking over their shoulder or they're sitting close to whoever they're reading the book with and they're looking at those pictures. And if a child is young enough that they can't read, then those pictures have their attention and that helps the story unfold. So they have to be something that a child would resonate with and react to in a positive way. So making a worm cute was very important. Yes. (laughs) And, and I just, I, 
I, I put in a ch- in children's terms what God would be like for mm-hmm. them as as they learn who he is. Uh, he, ma- he makes everything. He makes the stars, the, the sky, the planets. He makes worms. <laughs> uh, he makes insects. He makes, you know, they, there are hippos in the jungle, the purple hippos. Uh, and they, they go together. Uh, Papa bear and baby bear go into the jungle with their pith helmets on and their, <laughs> their, their microscopes. And, uh, so, at the end of the book, it, it should not be a surprise that Jesus is Papa Bear uh, because no regular Papa Bear could make the universe and bugs and animals. Uh, God, only God can do that. Do I hear part of your travels that you have done as part of your, your job in this book? Because I know you spent a great deal of time in Africa and kind of all over the world. Yeah. Um, no, not really, because the things I did in my work were pretty grim. And I think that's why I like writing children's books right now is because I've seen the ugly and the hard and the painful. And I wanted to lighten it up. Plus, there are children in our country in the world that don't have good relationships at home. They live in a difficult home for them to be in. And if there's a kind person who can read them this book, they'll know that somebody loves them. And that's something I really, really want kids to be able to take away from kids that have difficult homes. And for other kids, it can just be fun and cute. And they'll learn about God. And that's wonderful for both. I like both takeaways. You had never written previously? I wrote many technical documents. Uh, Too many. (laughs) Too many to mention. Hundreds. Uh, And there were things like 100-page reports that I had 50 or 60 authors submitting stuff for. And it, it it would be funny. I would tell each one how many words they had. And I would say, because, you know, they would have one page or two in this report. And I would say, okay, you've got 500 words. That's all you can have. And they would send me 3,500 word <laughs> documents. And I would go back and say, you know, I can edit this for you, but it may not say what you want it to say. Why don't you take a a shot at reducing it to 500 words? (laughs) It's always so difficult for people to do to edit and try to make it succinct because we, we start to ramble and we start throwing in all these extra things and extra thoughts start coming into our head. And it's so hard to, to really get things succinctly and say them in 500 words instead of 3,500 words. <laughs> so that's, I understand their difficulty. Yeah, I do too, but, but I had to be the bad guy. <laughs> Not being bad guy. You had only X amount of space that you could use. That's, that's just logical. I'm just always so interested. It, it, it's interesting to me that you were drawn to children's 
literature. Is there something in your background that would pull you in that direction? My mom used to read to us when we were children. Mm -hmm. And my favorite book was The Tales of Patty Muskrat. No one's ever heard of it, I'm sure, except me that, you know, somebody else surely has read it. But um, when my parents died, I took that book. <laughs> I asked my brother if he wanted it. And he goes, no. So I took it. And I, it's, 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 uh, it's really a well-loved book with lots of tatters on the cover and <laughs> on the pages. You know, that's often a reason that someone is attracted to a specific form of literature. Authors will tell me they either um, had an author that they read as a child that influenced them in some way, or sometimes people will have an event that happens in their lives, either a, a really positive event or a very negative event, but some seminal event that they feel they need to share with the world, or sometimes if it's fiction, they're just called to write it. They're called to write for some reason. It sounds like you were also called to write for for a reason and that you were influenced by Patty Muskrat and whoever the author of that book is would be so flattered to know that they had influenced you. Sometimes it's a teacher that will detect a spark or a, mm -hmm. a something that someone does well. I know I found I was an English teacher and sometimes you would read your students writing and sometimes you were horrified, but then sometimes you thought, oh, this is unbelievable. It's great. So that I wish that person who had written Patty Muskrat, if you know who they are, you should send them a note or something. And say, I think they're long gone. <laughs> Do you think they're long gone? It's an older book. It was a, it was tattered when I was a little girl. So I, it was my mom's book. I love it. Well, let's talk about where the book is available. Now, I know that our our audience can find it on Amazon, and I believe it's also available on Barnes & Noble and on your website. Am I right? That's correct. Now, let's talk about the website. Let's give the address for our audience, and let's just tell them what, what else they'll find there. They'll find your very interesting biography, I know for sure. Especially about riding the pigs. <laughs> yes, I love that. <laughs> Uh, the website is the typical HTTPS slash slash www.secretlifeofbears.com. And you're right, my, my bio is there. And it, it does talk about me and my brother writing pigs when when they were they were all muddy and we got all muddy and mom was not happy. I can also imagine. <laughs> I think she hosed us off outside. <laughs> so my bio's there. It talks it talks about um various things like the menagerie of, of animals we had and uh, we had this little herd of cats, like thirty cats at one point, lived outside to eat the rats and mice. And um I can't remember if I worked uh, wrote about my work overseas at all. I probably mentioned it. Mm -hmm, you did. Um, but I like to leave the grim part of it unmentioned. Um, and there are a number of reviews on there. Um, some of them are fairly long. 
and I, I need to add some more because they've been coming in. And uh, the reviews that you can uh, click on the Ex Libris website to also buy the book there. Um, and I think that's about it right now. Websites are usually works in progress. They're they're always adding things. I think you have a blog on there as well. Just no blog yet. Just a blog okay. spot. Yeah, that's one that's sort of in progress. Yes, uh, I've I've had to focus on marketing, and I can only do so much at a time. But we've got marketing for Christmas all already moving forward. So so I think I can relax on that now and work on the website and. Yeah, let's go ahead and talk about marketing because we'll we'll get to social media. Now you're on Facebook, you're on uh, what else? What other social media platforms? LinkedIn and Instagram. Now, how do they find you on those social media platforms? They can just type in my name and search. Well, let me go ahead and give the full title of the book, and let me spell your name for them because they might not the way I pronounce it and the way it's spelled may not be exactly the same. The secret life of bears is the title of Joanne's mm-hmm. book. And it's by Joanne J O A N N sled is spelled S L E A D. Right, Joanne. That's correct. So when you go to Amazon, you'll look for Joanne Sled. And when you or go the to, Secret Life of Bears. Or the Secret Life of Bears. And then when you look on her website, you'll be able to see that that's the way her name is spelled. What would you like for the reader and the child to take away from the book? When they sit down and they start to read the book, this is a children's book. They may read it more than once. They may read it several times. But when they close that back page, that back cover for one of the last times, perhaps the first time they read it, what do you really want them to leave with? What thoughts? I want them to know that um, they can have fun with God. Most most kids don't know that uh, God is kind of boring in church. <laughs> but... Um, I would like them to know that they can have fun with God and that God is joyful. He's not judging. He's joyful and he loves them. Well, I think you've done a wonderful job. I love the book. The, The idea behind the book is just so terrific. It's so creative and such a wonderful way to approach, especially this time of year. Joanne, thank you so much for being my guest today on Books on Air. It's just been a pleasure to meet you and keep up the good work. Now, I know you have some other projects that you're that you're looking at for the future. Is that right? That is true. Um, what are you thinking about? Well, in this first book, you notice that Baby Bear is not called Cub. And that's intentional because he's so little, he doesn't know he's a cub. He's just very little. And he grows up and he becomes Cubby Bear. And then later along comes Cutie Bear, his sister. And they have their friends. Their sheepish is a lamb. 
moose moosey is a moose mozzarella is a little tiny moose about three inches tall uh there's nosy who is another bear and there's sir oliver or sir Ollie, who's also a smaller bear and those are their friends and oh i forgot rabbi rabbi is a rabbit but the t is silent already have all of these characters in your head yes yes and so there's i think there's probably a couple of books in there i do too and then um there's one that's not in the the team bear series i'm starting to call this the team bear series and i like that approach because team bear it's larger than baby bear Right. Baby bear is part of something bigger than himself. And all the animals that are there, for, and cutie is also part of something. They'll all be part of team bear, all their friends. They don't have to be bears to be part of team bear. So um, they'll all be larger than something of, that's larger than themselves. And that that communicates God to me. Everybody, everybody's part of something larger than themselves. I think that also taps right into sports and mm -hmm. temporary kinds of things that they're seeing on television. I mean, so many of these um, reality shows and the, the coaching kind of shows will have team this or that. I mm -hmm. think that you're tapping right into that current social uh, jargon words that people are using for bringing people together and groups together that maybe have similar interests but are not all alike, which I really, really like. That's a great idea. I can't wait for the rest of the books. Thank you. And then there's one more that's not part of the Bear se Team Bear series. It's called The Halfitator. Um, it's in a fictional world, and everybody there plants potatoes. And they have to dig them by hand with a potato fork or a spade and shake off the dirt and take them back home and sell what they can at market. Well, somebody comes up with a machine that's supposed to dig up all the potatoes in the field. It's flawed, however. It only picks up, it only digs out every other potato. So it's called the half a tater. This little girl named Sarah is a mechanical whiz. She's about 11, and she studies the half a tater when it's working and when it's sitting. And she gets her whatchamacallits and her doodads and her thingamajigs, and she takes the half a tater apart, and she puts in the thingamajigs and all the other pieces and rearranges the parts of the half a tater. And it works perfectly. It digs out all the potatoes. And there's tension in this book because in order to get enough potatoes to sell and to eat, the farmers had started planting double the amount of potatoes. And now that all the potatoes are being dug up, they don't know what to do with them all. So... The rest of the book is about how they work together to figure out how to deal with this issue. 
a half a tater? Really? Huh? <laughs> you did grow up on a farm. Do I, I did. I, I did. Farm. Yes. That My has- granddad used to take me digging potatoes. And uh, my job was to shake the dirt off and put them in the bucket. (laughs) My grandfather used to have a garden and he would take me out into the garden. And I have those wonderful childhood memories of potatoes, just magic coming out of the ground. You know, know, it looked like dried weeds they were digging up. It was amazing. And the corn, I mean, it just seemed to go on forever. And you'd walk and look up at those corn. And I'd get lost. Yes. Yeah, it was amazing. I have those wonderful memories too. So when you started talking about a half a tater, I immediately saw my grandfather digging up those potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, see, Joanne, see what you did? You brought back a wonderful childhood memory for me. And that's you. what you will be creating with your wonderful children's book. And there may be one more book called Finn's Camel. Finn McCool, and this is a true, there's no such thing as a true myth. This is an actual Irish myth that Finn McCool was an Irish giant. And this is not part of the myth. They're on the north shore of Northern Ireland, Antrim County. There is what looks like a huge camel laying down on the shore. And that's right near where Finn McCool's cabin was supposed to be. And that's right near the Giant's Causeway where he walked over to Scotland. And so I I think I might write about Finn's camel. Because Finn got the camel because he got tired of walking all around the island to make sure everything was okay. Where do your ideas come from? Do they just come to you? Um. Some came to me when I was listening to your podcasts. Some when I'm listening to other podcasts. And with the camel, I actually have a picture of it, a photograph. Interesting. Do you see, you see the characters in your head, right? Not immediately. I see them more in words, but once I start working with the words, and thinking it through and listening to other ideas, it's like, oh, that really works. I mean, like, well, Rabbi's always been Rabbi because the T is silent. But, <laughs> but um, yeah, I see them, um, and I work with the words both. I'm visual and verbal. Yeah, it's a very interesting process, this whole writing idea. Joanne, you're delightful. I oh, thank you. Oh, I've enjoyed this so much. I can't tell you. I can't wait for the other books. Hurry up and write them. Hopefully, I will do my best. Hopefully, you'll come back and we'll chat again. Thank you. Thank oh, you. I would love to. You're a delight too. Thank you very much. And we want to thank you for being with us today. I'm Suzanne Harris, and you can find this podcast on Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio as well as on the webtalkradio.net platform. Remember, keep reading, keep writing, and keep telling your stories. Thank you so much for joining us today.